Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Hello, friends. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So we have a special episode for you today. Uh, We invited our two oldest boys to come on and talk with us today about their experiences growing up and as young adults. So we're here with Dalton and Lee, who we adopted when they were around seven and eight, but we got them when they were six and seven, I think, something like that. can't remember, but we didn't didn't have them from the get-go. I love to tell people that Dalton, our oldest son, was born on my wife's 16th birthday, um, but we didn't meet him for another seven years or so. That's kind of fun. So they're here, and I think they both fit under what we would consider neurodiverse. Dalton's a little bit ADHD, um, and Lee's a little bit uh, autistic, and so it's been Just interesting. Like- Go ahead and introduce yourselves, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Um, uh, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Lee. I don't exactly know what you mean by what we're doing. Um, I don't know. Are you working? Are you T- going tell out? us a little bit about yourself and where you're okay. at in life. Like my mom and dad said, I do have autism. I also have ADHD. I am working at Joanne right now. Um, I've been working there for a couple months. It's been really fun. What's Joanne? Oh, Joanne Fabric and Craft. It's a craft store that mostly specializes in fabric. Uh, I am also trying to go to school. Um, I want to be an ASL interpreter. So I've been trying to get that ball rolling. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And you've... You've gone to college a little bit and tried that. You've tried computer coding. You've done a bunch of different things to try to figure out what you like, what you're good at. Yep. I think we've kind of all agreed that what you're good at is being with people and being social. Yeah. And it, if you don't have that, you get bored and distracted. So Very much so. Um, share about your hobbies too a little bit. Okay. I really like to write. That's my one really big passion I have. I write fa- uh, mostly fantasy and a little bit of science fiction twist to some of them. Um, I'm currently working on a book. Um, I also like to read and draw. I'm getting back into drawing. It's been a while since I've done that. And there are a couple other little crafty projects that I like doing. So, yeah. And Lee was our first student and the inspiration for our school, Techie for Life. We started out with Lee and one other young adult, and it grew from there. And that's that was a lot of good memories and a lot of learning and growing at the <laughs> same time. How about you, Dalton? Tell us about yourself. Um, I'm Dalton. Um, I'm working right now as, at a treatment center for adopted kids. Um, it's been an interesting experience, kind of made me think about my experience growing up and struggles I had. Do you think you had more, um, 
more hard stuff because you were adopted or maybe some of the stuff happened before you were adopted or because of ADHD? Probably a mixture of everything combined kind of creates its creates its own issues and struggles. What are you seeing at the at the place you're working now that's similar to what you experienced because of adoption issues or or relationships or how you feel about yourself? What are some of the patterns you think that are similar for you? Honestly, I see myself in, I see myself in a lot of the kids, like they all, they all have their own struggles with relationships and building them and keeping the connections. And I see myself in each, each kid, really. I see myself in like when they, when they're struggling or being manipulative and my okay, I, it does my heart a lot of good that to know you're working there and helping kids like this. I mean, I really I have a special place in my heart for these kind of kids, obviously, because I adopt two of them, <laughs> adopted you guys. But when you came home and started saying, "Oh my gosh, these kids are so oppositional," and I about died. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been it's like come full circle. Now you're <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> And why are they oppositional, right? Yeah. They just they just have very little control in their life and they're it seems like they're always in fight or flight mode and they have a lot of anger or fear or hurt all at the same time. And they're just kinda lost. Uh, maybe you notice that in them too. Do they just feel like they just don't know who they are? Yeah. They're kinda displaced. Yeah. I try to try to help them be themselves and try to figure out like who they are as themselves. So that they're they're more willing to open up and have a relationship with staff or with each other. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't know that you did that. That's awesome. It's definitely not easy. <laughs> There's definitely some days that are rough. Mm-hmm. So Dalton and Lee are about 11 months apart. Um, so they're, we, we always called them Irish twins. People wondered if they were twins. Um, they always thought Debbie was their babysitter whenever she would go out with yeah. them. Because <laughs> Debbie actually looks really young. And she looked really young when we first got them. And it, it was totally out of place. Oh, yeah. So that was always fun. It was always, you look, are these your kids? Yes. You look too young. <laughs> I'm like, I know. <laughs> and I would just go on my merry way. <laughs> yeah. No use explaining it. I remember several of those occasions. <laughs> they were always fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. So I, some of the things we wanted to share today were just what, what life was kind of like, uh, maybe some of the things you've learned um, from your own experiences and what it was like for you growing up. I, and it's okay to talk about um, adoption or diversity, just normal adolescent stuff. And like every kid goes through hard things. So it's not like, um, it's not like everything was bad because of anything it's just you have your own personal story or your experience and i do remember there being a lot of energy in our home when we got you guys you were always on going 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 running 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 doing 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 and um yeah that's one, one of my favorite stories and experiences that i love to remember now looking back on it it's funny but it wasn't then is you guys would never stop there was no off button so we finally decided to just let you stay up 
until you ran out of energy and wanted to go to sleep on your own. We were really curious to see if, like, when you would actually, like, fall, like, settle down and go to sleep. Because we were really strict about bedtime, I think almost for our own insanity. It was. More than anything. We needed you to go to bed whether you liked it or not for us. We were, like, done. (laughs) Yeah. So we're like, I wonder if they would even go to bed. Like, we were just really curious. (laughs) And both of them were on, I think, ADHD meds at the time, which is a mm-hmm. whole other story. We we thought immaturely or maybe naively that we could take them off all their meds and just love them to death. And we oh, when survive. we first got them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's no. another story. We learned that medications are our friends. Um, and it was good for them, too. But they just played and played and played. And 12 o'clock came around and then 1 o'clock. And we kind of went in, turned off all the lights, hoping that they would kind of settled down and finally it was like three in the morning where they never shut off they were bouncing off the walls more and more manic and maybe they would have crashed around six or seven in the morning but we couldn't take it anymore so we just like that's it go to bed failed experiment on our part i guess we weren't really ready to see how long it would actually take because i think they would have fallen asleep maybe (laughs) i don't know maybe you just gone into the next day and kept going I, I remember that very clearly, actually. I do remember you coming in around three and you're like, okay, go to bed. We're done. <laughs> they just got louder and louder and we couldn't sleep anymore. How anyway, <laughs> that was that was kind of a typical of our life back then. Lots of energy. I think you guys would wrestle and want to be tickled nonstop for hours and hours and hours. And it was one of the ways I think you were willing to attach um, was physical activity, lots of physical touch. Uh, very tactile. I think that was really good for you. It's good for any little boy, I'm sure, maybe even little girls. Uh, but for you guys having positive, friendly wrestling, I think you never got enough of it. So we would clear the living room floor on that old red, ugly carpet, and we would sometimes put the, the cushions down and just have WrestleMania. And you guys would just giggle and giggle and giggle and go and go and go. And that until... was when you were both small. Now yeah. you're both bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> I could still take you back then. I could probably still take you now. I doubt you could. Take I don't me know. Either. You could definitely take me. I'm Please boy. don't. Don't break dad. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you guys remember growing up? What was it like for you after you came into our home? And what were some of the good stuff? I honestly don't remember a super lot. My memories, you were telling about the memory of us going to bed, and I have no recollection of that. The years for you, you've mentioned that before. You just don't remember a whole lot of those years, do you? I don't. I just, I, I, I get glimpses, or if I, if somebody's saying something, I'm like, okay, I kind of remember that, but not. You remember living in a house with a pool in the backyard with a trampoline, right? Yeah, I remember that. And I remember that there was a red floor, but I never, I can't like picture it. What do you think that's about? You don't remember a lot of your childhood. I don't know, to be honest. Just, just kind of. I don't remember a lot of high school either. I get bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. no. you think that's ADHD? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or you just live so much in the Meds. moment. <laughs> ADHD, or maybe when he got a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe from all the wrestling. No. Okay. No, when he was in the when in I was the in the Sazi. Yeah, doing the wilderness program. Maybe it was all the. I was in fight or flight for many years. Maybe that's... Could be. I remember from that time, I remember 
always having, like my dad said, just always being on and just never stopping ever. And I remember very clearly several times when you, mom and dad, would just be done with us because of our high energy. They would just, like, mom would sometimes go into her room and just shut the door. And we're like, okay, we messed up. We did, we we're a little too hyper. And I remember homeschooling was hard because of our energy. We did a little bit of homeschool. That was fun. But that yeah, was fun. I, I do remember being always on. And I, I don't know. Just kind of, it's an interesting memory. That's another topic for another day too is homeschooling. But the gist of it was kind of, it was, it was harder doing school than it was to just have them be homeschooled because of yeah. behaviors, lack of learning, homework, dealing with teachers in the schools. And we finally decided to bring you guys home and have you learn at home, which you were both really smart. Yeah. Very, very smart. You both I would learn things the first time I taught them. You had it. Like I never, very rarely had to teach something more than once, but getting you to produce homework was <laughs> like for school. When you were in school, that was a nightmare trying to get you guys to do homework. We would spend hours and hours trying to get basic stuff done but when we started homeschooling and just did it all in the morning and just really kept it to like meat and potatoes kind of stuff lots of really good reading and well it seems like we were spending all of our energy on behavioral issues yeah in trouble you did what to the bus seat again you you did what to who <laughs> or all your papers would never make it to the teacher they'd <laughs> yeah disappear or be shoved in the desk or <laughs> things like that yeah <laughs> Dalton's <laughs> like nodding his head. Oh yeah. But yeah, those are, but it was a fun time too. Cause it freed up a lot of time in the afternoon to actually go do more things outdoors and be involved in activities. And those were my scouting years when I was in oh, big yeah. into scout leadership and we went everywhere. I don't know if you guys remember all the activity we went on. Tons of camp outs. We went down to have a supai. Do you remember that with grandpa? I remember that. I remember the waterfalls, and I remember Grandpa pulling us out. You and Grandpa pulling us out, but I don't remember. Pulling like, you out of the water? Pulling us out of, like, the hike. Oh, because <laughs> it was tiring the, going back up. The up. Hill. Pulling, yeah. Oh, pulling you up? Like, to up hike the hill. Up. Hiking back out to the top was hard. But I don't, I don't remember, like, the whole trip. And well, let's be clear. You weren't on drugs during this all this time, right? You no. <laughs> no. I've never done drugs. <laughs> Thank heavens. <laughs> I don't know. For a lot of parents... Their kids are unique in their own special ways, and for us, I don't. I don't think we knew how sophisticated um, maybe your personalities were, your brain chemistry was, the physiology, the social emotional. We didn't know if you had trauma brain for some of the neglect and abuse that you had before you came to us. We didn't know how much adoption and the attachment issues were a part of it. It seemed like to me that Lee was really easy to attach. Because he was just kind of happy-go-lucky. But mm -hmm. Dalton was a lot more... You felt like you were a lot harder to attach and let people get close. I remember neither of you wanted to go in our bedroom much at all. You didn't come on our bed. Like, most kids will come in and want to sleep with mom and dad. And you guys just avoided our bedroom and our bed. like Except for Lee, because he would wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares. Once he was already out yeah, and tired, true. he would come and in. He would but, come in and... but rarely did we have those, yeah. you know... Saturday morning, they run in and jump on our bed. Thing. They were out playing. 
So that was a little different. Yeah. And then and then the neurodiversity, you know, with ADHD, is that because you were exposed to drugs in utero or, you know, when your mom, your, bio, your biological mom was pregnant with you? We just don't know. We don't have any records of much of that. Yeah. I wish we did. But you had a lot going on. There um, was a lot. Yeah. But man, we sure loved you guys from the beginning. Your personalities were so great. We were like, yeah, we want these kids as, uh, at first it was, we want you guys as foster kids. We didn't even think, we weren't even thinking adoption. Not at all. Yeah. We were still young. We weren't thinking about, we just figured we'd have our own biological kids someday. And we were just wanting to foster parent. Until we could get pregnant or whatever. Right. And then we never got pregnant and it Mm -hmm. worked out great. But I, I still remember going and picking you boys up at the group home to meet you. The caseworker's like, go meet them and see if you feel like they'd be a good match to to take into your home. And we we went, and Jason, who, <laughs> you may not know this, but Jason was a professional clown. <laughs> I am married to a clown. And he's this balloon twister. He's, he's an amazing clown, actually. He's not your, like, weirdo clown. He's, like, a cool clown, like, juggling hey, fire and knives. And- anybody that's a clown these days is a weirdo, apparently. I- well... But I didn't like to wear the makeup, no. No, you didn't do the makeup. He had like this really fun, anyway, clown outfit. But he didn't do the clown thing when we showed up. But he did balloon twisting for the group home, all the kids. And we were just watching. Dalton and Lee didn't know that we were there, I don't think, to they to, didn't. to take you out. Mm-hmm. And um, we, were, we were watching as, as Dad was doing the, the balloons. And Lee was bouncing off the couch. Like, he was like all over the couch and i'm looking at jason and we're like oh boy <laughs> what are- all the other boys were sitting down on the carpet in a circle around me yeah and i was making the balloons and asking him and talking to him and entertaining and yeah and lee was bouncing it was too much stimulation he was way overstimulated like this was just um, you know yeah and i remember dalton too was just smiling really into it but yeah. but we took you both over to, we said hey can we you know take you to mcdonald's and you both were really excited so we went over to mcdonald's and we just got ice creams we got ice creams and we watched you play on the indoor play place area and and uh and then we were walking out and dad picked up lee and put him up on his shoulders and then he says where's lee where did lee go and just to to be funny and dalton's like totally played along i don't know where'd he go (laughs) and lee's like i'm right here (laughs) (laughs) he's up on my shoulders like how does he not see me i'm on his shoulders (laughs) very matter of fact oh yes yeah which is autism to a t but we didn't know it at the time oh yeah and And dalton Dalton got the nuance right away picked it right up and played along i don't know and he's looking all over and oh my gosh we just fell in love with you both in that moment (laughs) like it was dalton was always so cute dalton was always the protector and lee was Always the tag along, I think, little brother. And uh, you guys played together a lot. Something that's interesting in psychology is when you do live together through a lot of hard things, which you did before and even after you got into our home, I'm sure you had some trauma in our home as well. We were still young parents figuring it out. We did not handle things great. Well, and there wasn't great information or training or help either. And and we really did just think if we just love them, that'll be enough. And holy cow, it was not enough. (laughs) Anyway, uh, one of the things that happens is you you feed off of each other and you had this, what we considered a trauma bond. And it seemed like you had this love-hate relationship going on, um, but you were very bonded either way, like connected. And when 
sometimes when Dalton was having a really bad time, then Lee would be the good boy. He would be oh, yes. the white, the knight in shining armor. Like, oh, I'm the honest one, and Dalton's the one lying. He would throw Dalton under the bus, <laughs> and then it would switch the next week, and then Lee would be in trouble, and Dalton would be like, yeah, Lee's not doing good at all. And, and they would, but they would. And I would be like, together. why can't they be good on the same day? <laughs> yeah, if one was doing good, the other one had to be bad. Yeah, it like was it was so this, funny. Well, it was like a, a lot of sibling rivalry. I felt like yeah. happening because you guys were so close in age. Mm-hmm. You think because like Dalton's like I'm the older one, like I should be better at everything, and Lee's like right behind you. And I think it was there, there was a lot of different dynamics happening actually. I know it was intense. Everything you were saying, I am remembering it so clearly, and I'm just like, at this point in my life, I'm remembering that, and I'm like. I am so sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We all have things to apologize for. I remember throwing you in the pool several times <laughs> when you were out of control. If one of you were just totally out of control and, and restraining, we, if we had to restrain sometimes back then, we would because yeah, you were breaking we, windows we, or, or going to hurt each other with knives. Yeah, we got certified to be able to we, Yeah, we were trained. To be able to, and to, back then, that was like... Back uh, then, I think... Yeah, that was a that was a real thing. But I, it got easier just to throw you in the pool when it was even when it was cold, <laughs> so that you'd have to. You you knew how to swim. It wasn't abuse. You're both on the swim but team. But it wasn't. But it wasn't great parenting either. No, it was, it was not. like totally reactive. Oh yeah. And survival, and I just had to wake you up and get you out of a. Anyway, that's what I was like thinking. A, but like I, a I feel bad about that. All that about, now. We had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if we'd had the tools now that we had, or. The, we'd had then the tools we have now would be such a different experience. Yeah, life but. would be different. Yeah. What were some of the things that you felt like were the hardest for you personally growing up? For me, it was a weird, like Jason, my dad said, um, I was, I seemed to bond really easily to my parents, but at the same time, and I don't think I've ever shared this. I, I had this, deep-seated mistrust. Like, they were just going to abandon me again. Like, everyone else had abandoned me. That was one of the hardest things. And everything that... Every, like, punishment or whatever that came my way, I felt it was one of those, like, oh, they're punishing me because I'm a bad person and then they're just going to leave me. So, that for me was the hardest. Which totally is understandable. It breaks my heart to hear. Yeah, before you came to us, you had a lot of people take you in and and then send you back. And you were taken away from your parents and your grandparents, both, before we were, before you came to us. You've been in a couple different group homes, another foster family. So always feeling, it sounded like there was a lot of shame. Yeah. I'm bad, and now they're going to have to... Reject me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I often saw behaviors that had you acting like you were assuming or even trying to create the rejection. Like, oh, I know they're going to reject me, so I'm going to re- proactively reject them first. Preemptive. I, um, yeah, I remember doing that. Like, I, well, they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to leave me anyway, so I'm, I'm going to ruin it. And I remember that from Dalton quite a bit as well. Like, if we got too close, it would actually kind of make things harder. So I do remember anytime we'd have, like, a really, like, Sundays, we'd have a really, like, a family day, and 
maybe wrestling and interacting and like just a good like fill their cup kind of day connecting loving on them and i think oh they're you know this is going to be so good like they're like we've done this good thing and then the next day their behaviors would be awful and i'm like what is going on what happened we just loved on them yeah make things so bad and it was yeah i think that it was fear of attachment and fear of acceptance and i better sabotage it before it gets worse because i don't want to get hurt again yeah but it wasn't intentional you didn't know that's what you were doing but what was hard for you don growing up it's a hard question i don't know i haven't answered that to be honest but i'm trying to think like do you remember feeling happy most of the time or sad or angry what do you remember not a lot (laughs) (laughs) that's funny (laughs) <laughs> Paul's always living in the moment. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I kind of, I kind of do. I kind of live in the moment. Just take each day by day. And... So you don't have to remember a bunch of specific memories, but do you do you look back and remember that life was hard, life was good, life was easy, uh, bad? What What's your general? I don't know. I th- I think my general like idea of how my life has been is it's been. <clears throat> rough someday <laughs> sometimes so, um rough most of it i if i'm being honest it just life has just not always been easy do you remember why no i just i know i i haven't always made it easy for myself i kind of beat myself up i make life a little harder than it has to be i know but I think that's a common theme with adoption in general is with the attachment is I'm, I'm not wanted. I'm therefore I'm bad. And, and the self-sabotage is a pretty big pattern. I think everyone deals with that, but it's worse with adoption. Well, it can and, be worse. And, with adoption. and being as old as they were. Yeah, special needs adoption. Them, I guess right? should be more specific. Special needs adoption is even a little more, I think, intense with that. Um, and not remembering, that's a pretty common thing, too. If your life was really hard, why would you want to remember any of that? So, were there things when you were little that you looked up, that you were looking forward to? Were you guys excited about anything when you were little? Or I remember thinking that, well, if I just get older, life will get easier. <laughs> and did it? No. It did <laughs> Has it gotten easier? It, it has not. But I remember thinking that. That's one of the memories I have is like, okay, if I can just get through, take a day at a time, just get older, life will get better. Like kind of like in high school or once I'm out of high school? Yeah. Then I'll be on my own. I'll be able to make my own decisions. But it never, never really got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, everyone that knows you guys and loves you, thinks you guys have come so far and and especially Debbie and I's extended family and, and my siblings especially they're like man we sure love Dalton and Lee they have come so far and um and I think you guys are doing great you're both working you're both driving neither of you are dead or in jail which to us some days felt like that if we could just make sure they weren't dead or in jail that would be a win some days I'm like <laughs> worst thing <laughs> they, they have a roof over their head in jail they've got food they're uh, social <laughs> but you guys have done really well oh, I, yeah, I think come, come from hard with as hard as stuff as you've done um neither of you have gotten into 
addictive stuff or illegal stuff, which I think you could have easily done um, with with all of your past experiences. So just the fact that you're not dead or in jail has been a huge success and you're both working, you have great personalities, you both care about people, you're both kind. To have kind hearts um, and to love others, even after having gone through a lot of hard stuff, that says more about you than than anything else. And um, and you're both amazing brothers to your siblings. Yeah, our younger kids just they love adore you guys. both of you. It, they're both so Dalton and Lee are. Let's see, about ten years. Dalton's ten years older than our next kid. And uh, so there's this big gap, but our kids have just really benefited from both of you as big brothers. And I think they're just, our ki- our younger ones are more confident because I, they see you and you get, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting it's dynamic. An yeah. There's nothing sweeter than watching Dalton, who lives with us right now. And uh, he comes home from work and Corinne just runs over to him and wraps her arms around him. And she's just so excited to see him and... Loves him so much. It's nice to have unconditional love. And Corinne and Dan have always been good f- for that, for you guys as well. Um, they've got it easy compared to you guys. And they get the best of the parents because we learned everything mm-hmm. on you guys and <laughs> and cut our teeth on you guys and made all of our mistakes. And now we get to apply everything to two girls who didn't have to go through all the crap before they came to us. I'm kidding. <laughs> So, <clears throat> with you both now young adults, I, I'd love you to share just some of the things that you've kind of learned um, or that you do that to kind of cope and to handle, like, just some, give some tips and things that I, Lee really has come a long ways. And I think, um, like, socially, I don't know, what are some of the things that you've kind of learned and figured out? that Like, what was hard for you and how, and how do you deal with it? Or what is hard for you and how do you learn Yes. How do you deal with it? Um, I think one of the hardest things for me is I need, I need people. I need to be around people, but there are a lot of times when I still don't have any idea how to interact with people, with certain people. Like, um, I have a couple friends who I interact, I, met and then I kind of lost because I interacted with them weird and I didn't get how I was supposed to interact with them. Um, something I do though to cope when things are hard, like, cause people, some people are mean, I'm not gonna lie. They, they say some hurtful things and I learned early on to just laugh it off and be like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Ha ha ha. And move on. So that's been really helpful for me. I've had coworkers do that. I've had, I had a boss do that, and I just kind of laughed it off. That, that's actually, I've been really impressed with how you handle that. When if someone says like you're weird, and you're like, yeah, I totally am. Like I'm like, oh, he just owns it. He just I was owns called it. a freak a couple days ago, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally a freak. Oh yeah, you have no idea. And then it just, yeah. then it just stops it. It doesn't go yeah. anywhere. And they're like, oh, okay. oh, he's good. Yeah. Then, then it's done. Yeah. But if you get upset or defensive, and it just didn't help anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember sitting down with you once and having a long conversation about how your brain, the first time we talked to you about autism or different, just say, Lee, 
you are not broken, but your brain is different. Mm-hmm. And this is some of the ways it is different. And welcome to life. You know, <laughs> we all have our issues to deal with. Um, but from, from then on, you're just like, okay, very trusting and matter of fact, which is one of the upsides to autism as a general characteristic Yeah, is you can just be matter of fact and accepting. And, and once you see it, you're like, okay. And you just owned it. Yeah. Um, this seems to be a quiet confidence. What else have you struggled with and anything else that you've learned as a coping skill? Um, I learned... I guess it, I guess I can explain it as I learned that not everybody wants to be my friend or even needs to be my friend. I try to make friends with a lot of people and it just took me a while to to realize not everyone is going to be my friends and people are just going to not like me and I have to be okay with that. And so that's something that was really hard to learn. That was one of the hardest things for me to learn cuz like I said, I do need to be in, around people. I need interaction. And when someone doesn't want to interact with me, I got hard for a while to accept that. And I didn't learn that until I was like 27 or 28 either. So hmm. that's no different than the rest of us, I don't think. I, yeah. We all have to learn that not everyone's going to like us, but it sounds like that was a big deal. Yeah. I remember a couple different times when I was trying to make a friend and they totally rejected me and I almost broke down crying because I'm like why don't they want to be my friend something might be wrong with me what's wrong with me and it spiraled mm. taking so every, it personal yeah. And, yeah everything was amped up probably two or three times from what maybe what a normal brain might experience I don't know yeah so those were the two hardest things for me what's hard for you now to do adult stuff where do you struggle I struggle with money I'm not going to lie. I struggle with money. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know how to budget. And I am... Yeah, I just don't know how to budget. Yeah, I am very impulsive (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to money. So, I'm thankful for my mom who's been helping me with that. (laughs) You're a good driver. I think you're safe. But how old, old, old were you when you finally started to drive? I was 20... 26. Yeah, we never thought you would drive. We didn't. <laughs> you had so I never much, thought I'd drive. We had so much anxiety and, <laughs> yeah, and distracted and different things. I thought, he's never going to be safe in the car, but you eventually did get it and yeah, you've The done developmental well. timeline was definitely later and slower, and yet you're there, and that's yeah. really all that matters. And I think it helped when we realized it can't be us the one to be the ones teaching you because I think we triggered you and triggered yeah. some of your anxiety even if we were calm I was a great teacher edge. I don't know what you're talking about you can teach all the other kids to drive <laughs> uh, but your own it was I don't know I think for just Lee but when it, yeah yeah no it's always easier to teach someone else's kids how to drive that's yeah. true how old were you Dom when you started driving um like 16 17 I think yeah I think developmentally for you you're much more typical but you were dragging your feet on getting your driver's license. And finally, I said, that's it. We're going to get it. <laughs> Do you remember? And I'm like, we're going to go today. We're going to go practice parallel parking. And then we're going to go. You need to have a driver's license. And I knew that that it was going to make a big difference for you socially. And you would love it once you had it. I think it's. I don't think it's that you didn't want to drive. <clears throat> I, I think back then you had a tendency of avoiding anything that felt big. Maybe it was anxiety, but it was just more like, if I'm, not, if I'm expected to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do something else. 
Yeah. Now you're this amazing driver with even a CDL. Can drive the big. People people tell me to drive safe, and I'm like, I'm probably like one of the safest drivers because right. <laughs> I have so many miles. I'm always paying attention. So Dalton drove truck for a few years cross country, and um, it was a good that was a good learning experience. I guess you learned you don't want to be a truck driver. No, it's and it's not just it's not really the trucking. It's the the companies or the people. It's the uh, the owner, the industry, the industries. I guess. And being alone for that long is, I, I like I like my alone time, but at the same time, I don't like being so secluded. Right. Yeah. I like to come in and pick my being social. <laughs> Do you remember what was hard for you? Um, maybe in, in your 19 and older years, your young adult years, what's been hard for you? Um, well, focusing sometimes has been always been hard. And it's taken me a while. I don't know if it's the same for everybody with ADHD, but it's like, for me, somebody was saying that I, that I'm always ignoring them when I was driving in the car. And it was like, I'm, I'm literally not ignoring you. You just have to like get my attention. Like I'm, I'm paying attention to driving. I'm paying attention to music. And I've also got 20 other thoughts going on in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so for me, it's like, I'm realizing that it's not that I, have trouble focusing it's that i'm focused on so much around me at the same time at the same time mm. i'm paying attention to everything how have you learned how to adjust that or how have you learned to manage that I, I i have to pick what i focus on i have to like be selective of it and like if somebody's talking then i have to like okay like you have my attention and i have to like turn my brain to paying attention to them if that makes sense it's a conscious thought like i'm sitting here and my brain is everywhere (laughs) so i have to like okay i gotta focus on what we're doing right now not i have work in half an hour and i gotta do this and this and this (laughs) yeah i think um it's been it's been good to watch you i think you went from a shame a shame-based place that I'm not very smart. Um, people don't want to be my friend to realizing, Oh, my brain's different. I'm not dumb. I just focus on too many things. I'm actually really smart. You know, you're, you, you know, a lot about everything you love to learn and you absorb things like crazy, how things work, especially, which, you know, could make you a really great engineering type person or mechanical something. Um, you'd have to go to college. College is not something that you're very excited about and it's not because it's hard i think you can do hard things Um, you're good at doing hard things but there's something about college what's that what's the problem there um commitment honestly it's i would have to like i tried the two classes what was the last year Mm -hmm. and my main struggle was like committing to it and actually like okay like this actually requires my attention and, and you'd have to finish the class and actually and do the homework. To, and I'd have to finish and actually do the homework. And committing to it is the hard part. It's not It's not the learning. I love learning. I, I try to learn something new every day. At work, I have a lot of downtime. When the kids go to bed, I'm always trying to learn something. What do you love about your job now? Um, some days it's hard to love. 
but <laughs> some with some of the kids, I definitely do feel like like they might say that they hate me in the moment when they're. It's honestly the center has like hardly any rules. They don't have any punishments, but they still have basic rules, basic expect. We call them expectations, and the kids sometimes the kids have trouble following them. So it's like, but some of the kids really want to, but they're really impulsive. So. So wait, they want to be good kids, but they don't know how to be good kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> so so they, they don't want to disappoint me, but in the moment they're not thinking about it and they just do it. And then they come up to me later and they're like, okay, I'm sorry. Like I, I realized what I did and I, I, I want to be better. I just act without thinking. So it's been interesting to to see all that. Oh, but a lot of them, if they say they hate you, it's because they really don't know if they can keep feeling close to you or connected to you. Like you probably start getting under under their armor and their defenses, and that's really scary for them. And I think I see, like, I see a lot that maybe some other staff don't see because, like, I see myself in them i've had their experiences some of them and so like if they're being manipulative i call them out like they're all trying to be sneaky and i'm like uh uh uh-uh. like no i'm recognizing what you're doing you're not you're not going under the radar for me they're but, not going to be able to put things past you <laughs> and i think they, that gets to them yeah that they can't use me as much as they use other staff it's <clears throat> interesting so one of the things I, I love about where we're at right now is that we can sit down and have this conversation and that we still have a relationship. We don't hate each other. You guys still come over for dinners. Um, you only avoid my phone calls and texts half the time, which is be- <laughs> much better than all the time. Um, I, I just really love where we're at. And it guess it doesn't really matter how long it takes to get to where we're at now. There were a lot of times we didn't think we would get to this point as parents. We had a lot of fears and worries about what was going to happen. Cliffs and horrible things. If they were going to be okay. Yeah. How bad is it going to get? We just didn't know. A lot of unknowns. And now that we're, it feels like we're out of the other end of the dark tunnel. Oh, yeah. And we're just enjoying life. And we can take a big breath. And that took a lot of endurance and faith and perseverance and learning and blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of fun along the way. We had to have a lot of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, our highs were just as intense as our lows. And um, I can just honestly say that it's it's been so great to feel like, whew, take a big breath and... We've arrived. We're out of the crises, which is great. I still have some PTSD sometimes. That like, what, what's the next crisis? When's the next thing going to happen? <laughs> right. right? Um, but that's probably no different than any parent. That's um, probably true. So it's been a great journey with you two, and I'm glad you were willing to be in our family. I guess you're going to have a choice when you're that young, but <laughs> you could have left at 18 and never came back, and you didn't. As a matter of fact, you kept coming back. Again and again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate both of you being willing to to come on our show and, and share a little bit about your experiences. I think 
um, you both have pretty unique life experience. A lot you've been through and overcome, and you're really great examples to others around you. And we sure appreciate you both. I appreciate you guys too. <laughs> I appreciate you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just... It's not always easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to our little conversation here, and we hope you have an amazing week. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com.